Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. I am joined today by my good friend, Katie Warner. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. It is so great to be with you, Allison. Thanks for having me. Well, I am a huge fangirl of you, Katie, as you know. Uh, you are a, a children's book author, and you've got quite a slew of them. I love them all. Um, I used to be a preschool teacher. We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of picture books and, and children's books in the life of families and in children. But first, I'd like you to share a little bit of maybe of, of a couple books that we're, we could discuss today. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, when you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about children's books like you, I kind of look at this big shelf and I'm like, oh, don't make me choose. Because <laughs> um, uh, My dear friend Meg, who illustrates most of our books and does the uh, book design for the other ones that she doesn't illustrate. Um, she and I always talk about how uh, the, the books are kind of like children and that you can't pick a favorite um, because because they're all so unique in their own way and bring something totally different to the table. Obviously, we don't love the books as much as our children, but we definitely see the parallel there in terms of every book that comes out. We're like, man, we just love this one in a totally different way. So for the purpose of our discussion today, I thought it'd be um, best if I had to choose to narrow it down to the books that release this year. Um, and one of them, one of those that came out earlier in the year is called Listening for God, Silence Practice for Little Ones. Um, that's very focused on um, teaching young children how to enter into silent prayer and the building blocks of um, the beginnings of prayer and contemplative prayer. And then the other one that just released this month um, is called The Tiny Seed, A Parable. So and cute. Yes, this one it is thanks to Meg. All of the all of the beauty in the books definitely comes from her. Um, and that one just released this month and is, an, is a beautiful, um, based on the beautiful parable of the mustard seed in sacred scripture. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll talk a little bit ab ab about each in a minute. Uh, I was laughing when you're saying about our children. Uh, I used to say to my my kids, I kind of still do. You're my favorite Ian in the whole wide world. You're my favorite Adam in the whole wide world. And you're my favorite Faith in the whole wide world. But um, as you were saying this about our books, I thought, no, sometimes I think I love my books more because it only says to me what I tell it to. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there's that. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> so, um, 
let's let's look at well actually but before we look at each one of them more specifically why children's books what got you interested it's, it's kind of an interesting genre it's an interesting niche what what drew you to that katie that is such a good question, Allison, because I did not like grow up saying I want to be a children's book author when I grow up. <laughs> and honestly, I've been working in ministry for decades. I mean, ever since I was a teenager, I was very heavily involved in ministry work. Actually, probably earlier, <laughs> it's probably even before I was a teenager and um, at all different kinds of ministry work. And I actually specifically and quite humorously would tell people I was specifically interested in ministry to adults. Um, I don't think that I don't think that children's books necessarily goes off track from that, because I no. think it very much involves the adult who's reading the children's book. Right. Um, especially when it comes to picture books. But um, I, I just as I became a mom and found myself spending so much of my day in children's books with my children, because I love to read, um, I fell in love with children's books. I loved reading them. I loved all, just all the components of a picture book, um, you know, from, from the illustrations to the storyline to all of the other elements that are part of the experience of reading a picture book that aren't necessarily spelled out for you in the picture book itself um, or board book. And um, and so I just started, I started getting really interested in, in children's books. And then concurrently with that, um, I had continued my friendship with my dear friend, Meg Whalen. She and I went to graduate school together at the Augustine Institute to get our degrees in theology. And she was going to art school as well at the time oh, and wow. would come yeah, would come to theology class. I know she had, I don't know how she did it all, but she would come to class and before class, show me some of the art projects that she was working on. Oh, and I just fell in love with her art. And over the years, she would print little books that she would give to me, like, you know, or give to the kids for their baptism or birthday. And I kept saying, why aren't you publishing these? Like, they're beautiful. And, um, and we came to realize that the Holy Spirit just wanted us to do it together. And I had a lot of like the business skills and the temperament that was required to actually do a lot of the logistics to make it happen. And then Meg had her beautiful artwork. So the art, my entry into the children, into children's book writing actually started as a desire to get Meg's artwork more available to young children and, um, and just enjoying, enjoying children's books myself. And then, so our first books that we published were kind of more with that goal in mind. And then as we continued, I realized that I actually loved writing children's books <laughs> and just and, and enjoyed the craft of it in and of itself. Um, and so that that love has just kind of continued to develop. And, um, and it's been such a blessing to see them just come to fruition and to build a library for our own children of the Catholic children's books that we wanted our kids to have, which which didn't just contain good Good catechesis because we had a lot of those, but, yeah. um, but also fun and colorful and whimsical. And that was what we were really hoping for, that children would want to go grab one of their Catholic children's books off the shelf with the same kind of excitement that they would grab, you know, another Barnes and Noble bestseller. Well, you made me think of the fact that um, when, as adults, I'm trying to grow in my own faith, I may spend time with the word and Lexio Divina, right, mm -hmm. in the spiritual reading. But what you've created is a Visio Divina 
for children. It's the spiritual looking at art because that's what those images are. They are art. They're not, they're illustrations and people think of them as just kind of something to go with the words, but truly they're art and they tell a story in and of themselves. Um, I was telling you before we went live that my, about how I use sacramentals to teach my daughter about the faith. And one of the sacramentals that we used was stained glass windows, was mm -hmm. holy art, was all these images, because you can study an image and learn so much, with even without the words, but to have both of them together, what a, what a double blessing for children. And you really are both so talented. I absolutely adore all of your, your work. It's, it is, it's rich in um, content, but also enriched uh, in, in beauty and content. And as a person reading it, I get as much out of it <laughs> as my child does. Um, well, my child doesn't hear it. She sees it. I have to right. speak in language, but that's beside the point. <laughs> no, that, actually, I'm so glad you said that, Allison, because that was totally our goal. We also wanted books that the adults wanted to read because obviously there's so many children's books to choose from and there are ones that my kids bring into my lap that I'm really excited to dive into and then there's other ones that I'm like this is kind of like ripping a band-aid <laughs> where the kids are into it but I find it torture and so we really oh, did funny. want to create that kind of experience too where the adult is like yes thank you bring me this you know and um and that was especially our goal with the board books because sometimes board book content is extremely simplistic and for, and for very legitimate yeah, reasons right. but um but we really wanted to raise the bar in terms of the content that could be presented in a board book and one of the ways you can do that is by like you said you know, realizing that the illustrations also tell the story themselves. So children who are in board book age, they're learning mostly from the illustrations anyway. They're staring at those pictures. You're often having to flip them, you know, the pages way too fast before you can even read the text because their little fingers are like grabbing, you know, at the next thing. So we just really wanted that experience that was just really pleasurable for both the child and the parent while retaining that really solid catechesis and foundation that we want want to give to our kids when we're reading books too. And the other thing that children's books do that I, I'm, I'm not sure I knew until I was a preschool teacher is that they are awesome conversation starters. And it is okay to put a bookmark in a picture book. Yes. Like I used to have this mentality, especially when I first started teaching, that I had to get to the end of the book. Like that was my goal for reading this book was that we had to do the whole book. So, you know, the middle the beginning and the, the end, right? Like you had to give them the whole picture and uh, a little bit into my teaching. I started to see that the, the, the little bit of the content and the images would really spark these beautiful conversations. So instead of hushing my kids and saying, well, no, you have to wait till I get to the end of the book. I had a bookmark nearby and I would put it in the book and we would close it. And we would have that discussion. And I don't know if every teacher or parent realizes it is okay to bookmark a picture book. I love that you said that, Allison. I'm not sure I've actually heard anybody say it like that before. And I appreciate it so much because when you put together a picture book, you really aren't 
intending for people to rush through it. But there is that temptation when you're reading the book to just make it from cover to cover, right? <laughs> With like the fewest interruptions possible. And and really you do miss out on that opportunity, like you said, to dialogue about the content that's in the book that often is so much more than what you see and what you read. And um, I would say this is definitely the case with our newest title, The Tiny Seed, yeah, um, because there's, yeah, th this it's one of the less text heavy of our picture book so far. Um, in fact, some of the pages, I'll, I'll open it here so you can get a little look at it. Um, but some of the pages have very minimal text. Um, but that that's on purpose, right? Because when you read the parable of the mustard seed in sacred scripture, there is a lot going on in that parable beyond just the few lines, the few verses that you're reading. And that that's our goal. Just like you should be allowed to put a you know bookmark in a picture book so that you can engage in those conversations. I would also say in the same kind of theme, you're also you you should also know that there's no rule as to like the age limit to read, you know, of a child to read a picture. Oh, book. I love that. Because I, I do think we think children's books and we think very young children, right? But being able to engage older children in picture books, it can be so powerful because they can bring out even more so a lot of like the hidden meaning and lessons and, 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 and yeah, and just, and layers behind the, the text and the illustrations, which just makes for even more meaningful conversation. But I'm just, my mind is always blown too, as my children go through books and they're able to pick out things that I don't even pick out. When I was having a conversation, um, with Katie Bogner, um, of uh, look to him and be radiant. Um, she and I were talking about the book and she mentioned stuff to me that I hadn't even thought of. And this is the book that I wrote. Like, oh, that's such a fascinating take. And that, and, but that's the goal is like, there, it's meant to be up to, you know, up for your own interpretation and that seed planting um, in a lot of ways. And that's, that's one of the things I love about being able to read picture books is you can read it to a broad range of ages you can stop and have those meaningful conversations and and a picture book is really less about just consuming the content and more about creating an experience around it and i and i'm not sure a lot, that a lot of people see them that way i mean they're beautiful they make beautiful gifts they give you awesome cuddle time. There's nothing wrong with awesome cuddle time. I loved when my boys got to the age where they could read to each other. But it wasn't like I removed myself from like, oh, phew, one less task on my mommy to-do list, right? You two read to each other. I'm going to go do the dishes, right? That's not at all. Like I would sit there with them and just drink up their you know, muddling through the words and the other one's like so excited that the big brother is reading, but also be there in case one, a word is said wrong. <laughs> and two, to, to, to be a part of that moment, that cuddle time, that conversation. And I really think that that's um, just, there's just so much about picture books. And it's exciting to listen to you talk, Katie, that you have all these beautiful things in mind and goals and I, I have to laugh and I have to ask you because it has to be very difficult to write children's books. I think people have this min misunderstanding, this misnomer that it's going to be it's children's books. How hard can it be? But you're taking giant concepts into language children can understand and you have little word counts. Yes. No, <laughs> what is that like. You're so right, Allison. You're right. I do think, and I suppose anyone could write a picture book, but it, can anyone write a good picture book? <laughs> is 
the question, you know, and, and writing and, and writing a good picture book is a craft that does take a tremendous amount of effort, many drafts. I mean, there are books that have definitely we've spent a lot more time in and I've just had a lot more revisions of depending on the style of the book, because there's also a poetic nature to every picture book that you read, even if it's not actual poetry. There is that there is that sense of trying to take a very small number of words, like you said, and 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 pack a really big punch in a very small and um, and then when you bring the Catholic faith into it, you're also wanting to communicate um, certain teachings and messages while also retaining the pleasure and, and flow of the story. And, you know, in, in, in the case of cer- certain books of ours, the interactivity, you know, that we have. And so there are so many different kind of moving elements that we have to take into consideration, which also um, is is you know, it, it's also taught me to be patient with the process because sometimes there's an idea and then the actual book ends up looking entirely different than the original idea. And that process can be really challenging, but also really fun um, as you move through it. And then uh, take into account, you know, your your child reader. And thankfully, Meg and I both have many little test subjects. <laughs> so, so part of our book development is really... <gasps> You know, we create dummy copies and read them to our kids and see what works and what doesn't. When we lose attention, where they're most engaged. And so that that process is really neat. It just being able to walk through that. And also for me, just learning the craft more and more and better and better as I go. And as I have young children who are also learning to write and teaching them some creative writing strategies always helps improve my own. Just going back to those basics to make sure that really every book just just is shine and shines and is worthy of publishing and mostly i would just say it's a holy spirit thing because there i i can't i don't ever sit down and think like hmm what picture book should i write next like every time it's like a lightning bolt at 2 a.m or while i'm exercising all of a sudden I have like the text of a story. There's a book um, that we have called Lily Lolek Future Saint. I was literally in like the middle of a run and all of a sudden the words are like echoing in my head. This is the story of Lily Lolek. There was nothing that she wanted more. And it just starts going and I'm like grabbing a phone trying to write down. So that, that's been the most adventurous part of it is just really a, like kind of taking a back seat and letting the Holy Spirit do a lot of the idea generation and then just watching that kind of come to fruition over time and with the help of, you know, of my, my kids and, and working together with Meg. It's a really, really fun process. And you need to have your marketing tagline, literally kid tested. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and I love Lily Lilek. I, I just, it's so, talk about poetic and the, the rhythm of that book. And I think there's just so much again about children's books, the rhythm of the reading the um, the joy that you can just feel in the words sometimes as you're reading along, there just becomes an, an atmosphere and an excitement to it. The other thing I love about your books, again, we're talking today with Katie Warner. She's a children's book author and um, just really one of the best. What I love about your books, Katie, is that they're really great ch- uh, church fodder because when you want to keep a child quiet in mass. Um, I was a snack bringer, going to be honest, last row <laughs> snacker. Um, but really, it, especially we're talking 26, 23 years ago, my babies are not babies anymore. 
there wasn't a lot of really good content books that you could bring. I didn't want to just bring any book with us to, right. to church. I wanted um, that experience for them to connect to what we were doing there. Like this is a God thing. So I yep. want you reading God things. Like I want you to, you know, you don't have to pay attention, but you need to be being filled in some way. So do you find you bring your own children's books? Yeah, to- actually, that <laughs> was that was a huge, that was kind of the main goal, I would say, like in our, our biggest kind of like marketing angle when we started was like mass books, you know, mass bag books, um, because we were in that phase of life with little kids too. And books were the only thing my kids were allowed to bring to mass. So I really wanted them to be good ones. And like you yes. said, help engage them in the liturgy rather than distract them from it. And so we actually, our first picture book was I Went to Mass, What Did I See? I which is, yeah. And so that was our first one because we had toddlers and they we, we basically would read the book and they would go to mass and they would spy you know play i spy with all those <laughs> Love that. elements that they found in the book and it was really beautiful to hear from other families as they got that book and were using the book oh my goodness my child gets so excited to walk in the mass and they're repeating the lines of the book as we walk in the doors and that was totally our goal and then Pretty soon after that, we followed with Father Ben Gets Ready for Mass, which um, it kind of journeys with a priest as he prepares to celebrate the liturgy. And that was really neat, too, because then children could understand that, you know, just like they get ready for Mass and they have certain steps that they do to go to Mass. You know, Father has very, you know, a very particular process that he follows in preparation for the liturgy. And it gives them that kind of backstage look um, at how the priest prepares to celebrate for the mass. And they kind of journey along with him and they interact with the book as they do it. And so that was another one that was, you know, just very we had the mass very forefront of our minds. And a lot of our books are I mean, they're all very like reflective of the experience of the Catholic faith and often have some sort of mass connection or mass scene because we really did want these books to be something that could be read at home but also taken with children to mass you just gave me i I don't know the inspiration just stuck me from the holy spirit but um i'm gonna buy a copy of father ben uh gets ready for mass and i'm gonna donate it to my faith formation office and i'm gonna recommend that our pastor read it to our first graders second graders and then he can kind of compare and teach them, you know, like, this is what I do. This, I think it would be <laughs> such a neat activity because sometimes I know that pastors have a hard time figuring out how am I going to participate, uh, especially with the younger kids in faith formation. So I'm literally, when we finish our interview, going to order a copy. I love that, Allison. That's actually been what a number of pastors have done. I've had priests reach out to me and say, this is the book I read when I have to go do an elementary school visit and I don't know what to say, you know? <laughs> and and it's been so neat even seeing pictures oh. of of pastors and associate priests reading this book and being able to connect with young children in this way. Um, Father Ben gets ready for mass is actually based off of a real priest. So the real Father Ben, he does take this book and enjoy the children in his associated school and in in his parish um, so that he can engage with them in that, in that way. And so that was actually something we hadn't even thought about when we made the book. And since seeing that and hearing people come up with that great, 
great idea to help priests connect with young children in that way. I just love seeing that come to fruition. Again, definitely a testament to the fact that the Holy Spirit has plans that sometimes we can't even see as we're coming up with concepts and fleshing them out, you know? Oh my goodness. Well, Katie, this has been, I could just talk to you all day long. Uh, you have so many amazing books and I'm sure you're still working on, I hope, I pray you're still working on some more that we can't wait to see in the future. So tell us where can we get the ones that you have now and how can we keep up with you to make sure we don't miss any of the future ones? Yeah. Thanks, Allison. The best place to go is firstfaithtreasury.com. And there you can find all of our books. You can take a look inside the book, see what other people are saying about the books, and then also sign up for our treasure box emails. Those are just, we basically, basically send out free resources and activities for families with young children. So um, we try to send them out on a seasonal basis. So you definitely won't get spammed by us. We're busy moms and we're like lucky <laughs> to get it out quarterly. <laughs> um, but that's a great way to just know about upcoming books and to engage in some of the activities based on the books and things like that. So firstfaithtreasury.com is probably the go-to spot for everything. Sounds great. And I, of course, will have all these links and a couple of the books. I will share the titles with them. The ones that we talked about, obviously, in the podcast will also be in the show notes. Katie Warner, thank you again so much for making this time to be with us today. Thank you so much, Allison. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> you have been listening to A Seeking Heart with Allison Jingris, distributed through Breadbox Media. God bless. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.